Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Katie. And you're listening to Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. How are you? I'm really excited. Are you excited? About this episode. Well, and hello. nervous. I'm like anxious. Why? I don't, uh, this is just, I'm anxious. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, have a stroke apparently. I don't know. I just started <laughs> saying a sentence and then my brain just was like. Not anymore. Good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm running on very few hours of sleep and picked up an extra shift today at work, so I'm real tired, but it's fine because this is a really important case. It is. Um, like, so, I'm nervous for you. I'm just, it's a serious case, but I'm it really is. bringing the crackhead energy because I'm so tired. So I decided to pick a very, very local case. We're doing it. Like, we're doing we're do- it. Right very local. Yes. So today, like I'm, in your backyard, I, literally, like yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing Summer Wells, and for those of you who live around here, I know that you know who that is and what that case is, and probably a lot of the inner workings of that case that have been made public knowledge is highly just publicized. Publicized, here. yeah. This here. this one's a big deal. It's been a big deal because mm-hmm. this is just a little girl just gone. Yes, it was a real big deal. So I'm gonna start. On like a a personal note, because okay. I, I have like two personal little ties into this, which sounds horrible, but I do. On June fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-one, I was sitting at my office at work. At the time, I worked in a rehabilitation facility that was located on Temple Star Road in Kingsport, so in Sullivan Gardens. My coworkers and I had heard several cop cars go by around um, at some point, like during the day that day. I can't remember exactly like what time. But we heard a bunch of cop cars like zooming by, lights and sirens going. We were like, okay, that's not good. And they were kind of heading towards, they were heading from Sullivan Garden, like towards the mountain. Not long after we heard the police, we see a helicopter. We had heard, I don't remember if it was the men's group or the women's group. They were outside and they were like, there's a helicopter flying super low. So, you know, that quickly made its way through the whole rehab. And we were all looking outside and we just see this helicopter just flying in big circles over different areas above our area over the mountain back towards hawkins county because they're right there later that evening we were all leaving for work and we would get stopped by roadblocks that cops had set up and it was pretty much just like a really quick like we didn't even know what was going on yet they just kind of looked in your car and they were like have you seen anything weird no okay you just be on your way we were like okay well this is really strange Very early the next morning at 12.07 a.m., we would all find out that a five-year-old girl named Summer Wells had gone missing, and that's when the Amber Alert was sent out was the following day at 12.07. I remember the Amber Alert. Yes. 
like I said, I was in Kingsport, which was Sullivan County. It was in Sullivan Gardens. And Hawkins County and Sullivan County are neighboring counties, so they're right there. Mm -hmm. The back roads and the mountains next to the rehab, when you took those roads, you could drive straight through and pass where Summer lived in Beach Creek with her family. And I, a lot of days, would drive through here. And Beach Creek is a small community within Hawkins County. Yes. It's not in the city anymore. You're not in a city. You're not in Kingsport. You're not in Churchill. It's just in the county. And it's a very close-knit community of people. Most of the people that live in the mountains and on, like, that side of the river, a lot of them are family. They've lived there for years and years and years. Their families have lived there for generations. It's it's a very close-knit. Even though in the mountains the houses aren't close together, those people... Are you, they're a very tight-knit community yeah. in the mountain. They all, Everybody knows each other, which is really how it is, like, in, in Churchill and stuff. Everybody knows everybody, but especially mm-hmm. when you get over there. I mean, like I said, that's mostly families that have lived there for generations, and all of those people know each other. Yeah, like, I don't know of anybody that just, like, goes to Beach Creek unless they no. live there or have family. Like, no. I just, yeah. My friend goes there every summer for a church camp mm-hmm. thing. And when she's there, there I can literally not get a hold of her for a whole week because there's zero cell no, service. No, there's zero signal. When I would yeah. drive that way from work to home, I mean, you hit a certain point and you have no signal. Nobody can call you. You can't call anybody. You're not getting text messages, phone calls, notifications, nothing on your phone. You get nothing back there. And how close is Beach, Beach Creek is like what? Right outside of Rogersville? Yeah, pretty much. Or in, okay. It's yeah, kind of like, thought. it's like in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about Summer Wells' last day before she disappeared. Okay. June 15th, 2021. Summer was enjoying her summer off, um, which she hadn't started school yet, but still every kid gets excited for summertime because you can do a lot more in the summer than you can in the wintertime. She was spending the day with her mother, whose name was Candace, and her grandmother, whose name was also Candace, but she goes by Candy. They had gone swimming at a local creek. Once they were back at home, Summer was not done enjoying her day in the sun. She helped her mother and her grandmother do some yard work before going to play with her brothers inside of the home. Candace then walked into her mother's camper and said that she remembered looking inside her own home and seeing her sons watching YouTube on the television. Candace said she watched her daughter walk into the house and she went to help her own mother put a knee brace on. It is reported that Summer was last seen walking downstairs to her room with toys in hand to go play in her playroom. When Candace returned to their home after helping her mother Candy put her knee brace on, that is when she found that Summer was nowhere to be found. Summer's father, Don, his name's Don Wells, said she was planting flowers with her mother and her grandmother and she wanted to go into the house. So my wife watched her go into the door and she went into the house and downstairs to play with her toys. So when her mother came in and said, Summer... And she went down into the basement and she didn't answer. So she went down there and she was gone. Don would later say he thought that someone snuck up on Summer and grabbed her. It was reported that day on June the 15th, 2021 to the TBI that Summer Wells was in fact missing. And like I said earlier, an Amber Alert was sent out at 12.07 a.m. the next morning. So on um, June the 16th, very early in the morning. So what time was she reported missing? I couldn't find an exact time i believe it was somewhere like around a little bit after like lunchtime that okay. she was reported missing and I the get, amber alert didn't go out till 12 till 12 the next day okay so i guess now there was buzz like where 
you know, where I was in Hawkins County, there was a lot of buzz about that there was a little girl missing from Beach Creek. We didn't know who it was, but everybody, everybody talks in Churchill. I kind of remember hearing about something pretty big going on around there and then the Amber Alert going Mm -hmm. out. I would think that maybe when she was reported missing that the police and investigators were probably looking for her like because that's a really beach creek is heavily wooded mm-hmm. i mean it's in the mountains I mean, you're in a mountain you're in like the mountains you're on a mountain. so they're probably just thinking at first that she just like wandered off. off yeah and once they didn't find her right. anywhere within the woods or you know they're probably like yeah we need to send an amber alert out So like Kayla said, due to the mountainous terrain and the lack of signal in this area, investigation would prove to be very, very difficult. A press conference was held two days after the disappearance where Hawkins County Sheriff Ronnie Lawson would explain that lack of signal was making it hard for investigators to communicate on the radios and cell phones with one another. So basically, if you found anything, you would have to travel to a sort of base camp that they had set up directly at the home. So you could have been a half mile up a mountain, which feels like a lot more than half mile tracking up a mountain. Oh, yeah. Than just walking on flat road and then have to walk all the way back to report anything that you found. And then because it's evidence, you can't touch it. So then you and a group of investigators have to go all the way back to where you were. I mean, it was a very difficult investigation those first few days and has still been very difficult almost two years later now. Yeah, that's rough. It was I mean, it was a lot of hard work. At one point, Summer's father, Don Wells, said in an interview that he did just a few days after the disappearance that he felt bad that investigators were having to walk through these mountains, that he would see some of them at the end of the day coming down. They were limping. They were sore. They were cut up from brush and thorns. And he was like, you know, I really appreciate you guys looking for my daughter, but I feel bad for you all. Because, I mean, they were put in some really rough conditions up there. Yeah. Because this is just wild mountain. Mm-hmm. The incident commander of ground search, Captain Tim Coop, said, Due to the extreme terrain, the nature of this, trying to locate her, trained professionals are what we need at this time to make sure these residents don't become endangered and expand this issue with having to search for somebody else. So, in the initial investigation, and for a good few months, they did not take volunteers because of the terrain. I mean, like he said, the last thing they needed was for somebody to fall and get hurt or somebody to get lost that didn't know their way around up there and then have to deal with that too. That's true. Their main focus is let's keep this with professionals only. We appreciate that people want to volunteer because people did. Oh, I remember. But they were like, no, we can't because we need to find a five-year-old missing little girl and we just can't deal with somebody else getting lost or hurt right now. No distractions. That's completely understandable. Absolutely. That was the best thing that they could have done, I think. Mm-hmm. By June the 22nd, investigators had received over 200 leads and tips in the investigation. There was not sizable evidence of a crime, but foul play was not ruled out. A TBI public information officer, Leslie Earhart, stated, quote, While we've not ruled out an abduction, we simply do not have any evidence at this point to confirm that's occurred. For that reason, the ground search for Summer continues. It's possible that she wandered off and is lost and afraid. Within the first week of investigation, 72 agencies assisted in the investigation from six separate states searching across miles of mountainous land. Press conferences were held every day for the next 10 days. The last consecutive press conference was held on June the 24th, where TBI spokesperson Leslie Earhart, she was quoted as saying, 
quote, while every case is different, this one is definitely outside of the norm. Typically, in an investigation like this one, we have some idea of where this case is headed and what might have happened within a few days. Unfortunately, they just didn't have that for this one. And I didn't directly get to have a conversation with this person, but we did kind of get to hear from someone who knows very much about the case. Mm-hmm. And while they heavily expressed that they could not share anything with us, they did say that this case was one that was very baffling because even after all these searches, they have such minimal evidence. And they said that it almost seems as if this girl walked outside and just dissipated. I mean, it was just like she just turned into dust and floated away in the air. I mean, they were like, this is one of those cases that's like, I know that people don't just disappear into thin air. Mm -hmm. But if you told me that that's what happened in this case, I could almost believe it. Yeah, that's wild. So then on June 25th, which was my 21st birthday, my brother, who was dating a girl that lived very, very close to the Beach Creek area, he got a phone call. I was not there. I was at work. Apparently, he just turned paper white, and my dad asked him, who are you on the phone with? And Caleb looked at my dad and said, the FBI. And my dad, you'd have to know my dad, but he was kind of like, who are you on the phone with? (laughs) Like, okay, quit joking. (laughs) Who are you on the phone with? Who are you on the phone with? And Caleb was like, the FBI, which came to be very true. It was the FBI. They had called my brother and many other people whose phones had pinged on a tower in the area that showed that they were in that area the day that Summer Wells went missing. And they just kind of asked Caleb, did you see anything? Did you hear anything? Caleb was like, no, I was working on my girlfriend's farm, Bill and Hay all day. And they were like, well, if you hear anything weird, see anything strange, find anything strange, give us a call. My brother probably shit his pants that day because I would. (laughs) 100% If somebody called me, they were like, this is the FBI. And I was like, be so fucking for real right now. And they were like, this is the FBI. Be be so for real right now. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. Just imagine they call you and the call drops or something. Like, oh, my God. Which, like, if Caleb would have been over there, like, fat chance that call would have (laughs) dropped. So on June the 26th, the TBI announced that they were looking for a late model red Tacoma truck. That was seen in the area at the time Summer came up missing. They stressed what I would just like to point out that Caleb does not at the Caleb did not at the time drive a red truck. Just throw it. Like, Caleb drives a truck now, but it is not red. It is black. Um what did he drive? Like a little blue He drove um it was like a royal blue dart. It was like a Dodge yeah. Dart at the time. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, he he doesn't drive a red before truck. the the internet sluice. We're like, we're like, what did he drive? He's never had a red vehicle. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they announced on the 26th they were looking for a red Tacoma. They stressed that they just wanted to talk to the driver or the driver and passengers of the vehicle. But the driver never came forward and the exact truck was never found because there's probably 100,000 of those in Hawkins County. So, And then just in Hawkins County, but then you got Sullivan County, you got... You know, like all the, I mean, slim chance that they find, because, you know, they just know kind of the year and the color and Mm -hmm. the make, you know, they don't have a plate number or anything like like that. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. Yeah. I know that at one point they, they said like, it's a working truck. Like it had 
construction looking equipment on it. And I'm like, okay, so that narrows it down. None. (laughs) (laughs) Rot. That narrows it down literally zero. Unfortunately, I wish that it that we could, but um, they've never come forward. I do find that a little sus. That is weird. I think it's very weird. I'm not trying to say nothing about nobody, but like, why not just come forward? If you're a criminal or something, I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter. Like, they won't do anything to you. They just want you to come forward and just say, did you see anything? Okay. It would be like the FBI call with my brother. Like, they just want to <laughs> know if you saw or heard anything. Just come forward. Like, please. Yeah. There's a five-year-old missing. We need to at least rule this out if it's Yeah. Not if you saw anything and if you're scared because there's something that you think that you could get in trouble for, they don't want to get you in trouble for anything. Even if you did have seven pounds of drugs in the car, like they just want to talk to you about a five-year-old that is missing. Yeah. Please come forward. It's been almost two years. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how I could beg anymore. I know. So they were looking for this truck. They were looking for this truck. They've never come forward ever. They've never found it. So on June the 28th, the news finally heard from Candace, Summer's mother, for the first time since her daughter's disappearance. She spoke with News Channel 11, WJHL, which is a local news channel here, as well as her husband, Don Wells, and she had this to say to the public, quote, me and my mother and her were planting flowers, and we went in after we got done washing our hands, and she got a piece of candy from grandma, and she wanted to go back over and see her brothers, and I said, okay, and I walked her all the way over to the porch, and I watched her walking into the kitchen where the boys were watching TV. I told the boys, I said, watch Summer, I'll be back. And within two minutes, I came back and I asked the boys where their sister was. And they said, she went downstairs, mom, to play with her toys in the playroom. I said, okay. And I yelled downstairs for her a couple times and I didn't get no answer, which was unusual because she always answers me. And so I went down there to check and she was nowhere in sight. Candace also told News Channel 11 that she believed that her daughter had been abducted, just as Summer's father believed. Candace also stated, quote, Well, whoever has my daughter, I pray they haven't harmed her and they bring her back to us safe and sound. Summer's father, Don, said within the same interview, quote, I knew right away that she was abducted. I knew that right away. Also on June the 28th, a reward fund was finalized via Churchill Rescue Squad and authorities closed the active search, which just meant that they were done basically searching on foot at the time. They they have done, you know, many more searches since then on foot up there. But just at that time, it had been a couple of weeks. So yeah, they, they were done canvassing right. that area. The reward fund made $40,365.73. The money was originally going to go to a couple of different agencies in Tennessee to help children, and part of that money also to Don and Candace. Summer's parents were dropped from receiving any money after they stated they wanted to be kept separate from the fund and wanted it to go somewhere it could help other children in need of the money. All of that money was eventually donated to the Children's Advocacy Center of the 3rd Judicial District, which helps abuse children in Tennessee. In July of that year, Churchill Rescue Squad informed the public that they were no longer going to be the lead agency in the investigation. It was now being handed over to the Hawkins County Sheriff's Office. On July the 21st, the Department of Children's Services, so DCS, verified with the public that they were now involved with the investigation. So when this happened, everybody was like, what? Because at this point, there had been a lot of personal opinion shared that turned into just web sleuth theories that the parents have killed her, the parents have done this and that with her. And then when the public heard from DCS that they were now involved in the investigation, 
everybody was like, see, we were right, you know, so it was kind of like it just snowballed this misinformation all the more popular. Yeah, I mean, I remember when that, yeah, when it really just like blew up. I just remember being on social media and you couldn't scroll without someone's opinion on the situation. Mm -hmm. It was. It was like a big just theory thread. Web. Yeah. I mean, it was. And people can't, you know, that's what happens a lot, you know, especially with missing children or murdered and missing children. That's going to happen. But it's it's tough because it can get in the way of an investigation. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been, there's plenty of examples of misinformation like that being spread publicly and then... It hindering the investigation. Because, I mean, there have been people that have heard theories and then all of a sudden, oh, well, they've heard something that ties into this theory and now they they have to report it to the cops even mm-hmm. though they, like, have made it up in their heads yeah. that this happened. I mean, so, unfortunately, that's a very common happening when it comes to any type of criminal investigation, but... Such as the world that we live in with social mm-hmm. media and instantaneous news. Yes. On July the 29th, Candace reported to Channel 11 that her sons had been taken into custody by DCS since the week before. At that time, she did not say why the boys were taken, though Candace and Don were later on the Dr. Phil show where they told Dr. Phil that the boys were originally taken out of caution for their safety due to the fear of people coming to their house and sending the parents threatening messages as well as mail. Which was true. Well, yo, yeah, I'm sure that happened. They they now have like these huge, you know, no trespassing signs and everything up. But there were people that were just like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to find out what happened. And yeah, let the police do their job. They were receiving a lot of, even from their family, they show some of the messages actually from their family on when they go on Dr. Phil. People in their family or friends or people that knew them, neighbors and stuff, texting them. We know that you did it. Why don't you just come out and say it? You you know, we're if you don't come out and say it, we're going to come make you. I mean, crazy stuff to, to these parents, which on more than one occasion now, they have passed lie detector tests. And while I'm not saying that a lie detector test is the best thing in the world, obviously, you know. It's definitely not foolproof. No. You know, obviously, the courts don't think that because you cannot use them as evidence in a in a trial. They have aided in investigations, and this is one of those those cases where they've done it. They've taken a lie detector test, each of them, multiple times, and they've passed every single time. Yeah, lie detectors are one of those things where, yeah, it can't be used in a court of law, but it can help police kind of direct their focus on who, on who they need to. Right. So the fact that they pass those is a very good sign. Right. There, you're always going to suspect the parents first. You're always right. going to, just like I said in the last episode with the Coleman family, if it's a wife, you're going to suspect the husband first. If it's a husband, you're going to suspect the wife first. And if it's children, you're going to suspect the closest people to them first, mm-hmm. which in this case is the mother and father. Mm-hmm. And typically when children, something happened to children, it is statistically... A family member. A family member or, like, a close family friend. Right. Rather than just a random person. Right. So, while they were probably 100% still suspects, it probably gave the police, like, for lack of a better term, like, a sigh of relief. Like, mm-hmm. okay, just kinda, we need to look at other avenues here. Right. Then just stay focused. And the parents understood that in that first interview that they do with Channel 11. There was a point in time where Dawn Wells is talking 
to the news reporter and he is saying that he understands that detectives have to look under every rock and he appreciates that they did that. He just feels like, you know, and if you would as as any parent in this situation, you know, you wasted time on me. I didn't Mm -hmm. do anything. And that's completely understandable because I would react the same way probably, even though you know and he knows that that's what they have to do. So Katie and I have our opinions. Right. A hundred percent we do. But um, out of respect for everybody involved, we will absolutely mm-hmm. not be sharing no, those. We will not. So it was told also by the parents on the Dr. Phil show in terms of like the DCS case with their sons that they were also given a list by DCS on things that they need to work on within their home and that were of concern to DCS. And they stated that they had been working on fixing those issues within the home so they could get their sons back. On August 11th of that year, the media coverage had died down some and there was public concern that the investigation had come to a halt. A TBI agent posted a video that same day saying that despite public concern, the search was not over. In September, the TBI announced that after months of searches and investigating, they had found no clues as to where Summer Wells had gone. On October the 10th, the Hawkins County Sheriff's Office said they were still asking for tips and looking for that red Tacoma, which as of today has still never been found and they never come forward, which makes me upset. October the 12th, Dawn and Candace uploaded a video to their family YouTube channel that was created in combination with a website called findsummerwells.com. The pair said in their video, quote, I hope and pray to God we can find our daughter. We can't thank you enough. There's nothing we can do to thank y'all enough, but just to thank you and praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they were just coming on there to thank people Mm -hmm. for kind of keeping this alive. On November the 1st, Summer's father, Don, was in court for a DUI charge and a violation of probation. He was released on his own recognizance bond. The same day in court, news learned that a gag order had been placed in the DCS case involving the parents and their sons. On November the 9th, Don Wells posted a video on the YouTube channel and said, quote, I have to stay off the YouTube thing or be very careful about it if I do anything on YouTube from now on because I have lost control. I've done stupid things and for that I apologize. I'm just trying to be right, focus on our church and the things that are family that we so much enjoy together. On November the 10th, the TBI posted to their Twitter that they had seen a surge in the spread of misinformation surrounding the case, adding that they had performed search warrants and gathered potential digital evidence. So this was the first time months later that we're hearing that they have any sort of evidence at all. They informed the public that they should only listen and share facts about the case. November 11th and 12th, Summer's parents made their appearance on the Dr. Phil show. You can go, YouTube has, you can just look up Summer Wells, Dr. Phil, and there are several different channels that have the full episode. During one of the interviews that were held with the couple... Two body language experts, Scott Rouse and Greg Hartley, had their interview with the parents. Candace got up and walked out after she explained that she felt as if she were being interrogated and she just wanted to go home. One of the men asked, quote, when you come home, when you first come home. But before he could even finish this question, Candace said, quote, I'm not doing all that. I'm not going all the way back. I can't do this. She broke down on camera and after her husband tried to come for her, She said, quote, there's nothing more to remember. Candace, you could see, was physically upset at the mention of something called the Cornbread Mafia. So let me explain what this is. Please do, because when I first heard about the Cornbread Mafia, I literally said, and and, because I remember that the Cornbread Mafia thing coming out like all over Facebook and stuff and in the Summer Wells groups and all that. And I... 
and I was literally like, what the fuck is the Cornbread Mafia, and why have I never heard of this? So, yes, please explain what that is. Yes, the Cornbread Mafia is not the name of any actual group around here that does anything illegal. It's not an organized crime syndicate, right? Like No, this is just a blanket term for any gangs that we have around here in this particular area. So basically the Appalachian Mountains, any drug rings, you know, um, sex or anything illegal that would involve a group of people being criminals altogether. Pretty much the rest of America calls that the Cornbread Mafia. I guess that they just think that since we live in the mountains that we just... I mean, I I really think the rest of the world just thinks that we all have like one tooth and a dream. Like, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) One tooth and a dream? That's that's apparently what they think that we all are. Yeah, I mean... I'm like, everybody's got their one tooth guy that has just a dream, but like, that's everywhere. Okay, that's that's New York, that's Arizona, that's California, that's Texas. Like, don't come at me because I live in the mountains, okay? Yeah, I know. It's not just here, right? Like, it's for the whole, like, all of the yeah, south. Yeah, pretty, pretty much like, yeah. well, pretty much like the Appalachian Mountains. Like, the okay. southern part of the Appalachian Mountains, that is what they call... Cornbread Mafia. Yeah. Okay. Because so. when I first heard that, I was like, the Cornbread Mafia. Like Everyone it... thought that it was like a particular group. Yeah, I, I was like, that's... Okay, that doesn't sound badass at all. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. But that is, it is just a, a blanket term. In a YouTube video... The two later explained that there were several reasons why Candace got upset and left, but they do not go into detail as to what the reasons were. At the beginning of December, investigators had crews together to go back for a planned two-day search. Leslie Earhart, the TBI spokesperson, said, quote, Today, teams will be focusing on overgrown areas that were previously difficult to access due to high grass and heavy foliage. Several other law enforcement agencies are assisting. Nothing came from the search and no evidence was reported to have been found. In January of the following year, so we are in 2022, police reports were filed after protesters showed up at Donwell's construction site while he and his wife Candace were working. No arrests were made nor any charges filed on any of these people that showed up. Don later said that Candace was very upset. This bothered her a lot. She was crying. She was breaking down. And they now have to go find work outside of the state just to stay away from people. February 4th, 2022 came around. This was Summerwell's birthday and her first birthday since she had gone missing. She would have turned six that day. A woman named Haley Justine Thompson held an observance on February the 1st and is quoted as saying, We're coming together in honor of her and just celebrating her and just all coming together and praying for her and having a special prayer, especially this week of her birthday. So they just they had like a little vigil for her. At the 1st of March, another search was planned and executed. After two days, they came up with no evidence once again. On the final day of this search, Ronnie Lawson, Hawkins County's sheriff, stated to Channel 11 News that the Wells family was not cooperating with investigators at this time. Candace and her mother Candy addressed the statement later that evening that was made by Sheriff Lawson and stated, quote, Mr. Lawson stated that Candace and the whole family lawyered up. I can't speak for Donnie and I know Candace hasn't because she told me she hasn't and I have not. If law enforcement wants to talk to me, TBI wants to talk to me, they have my phone number. They know when I leave the state. They know when I'm here. This statement was from Candy, the grandmother. In April of 2022, the lead investigator spoke on camera for the first time that month 
and stated, quote, we've gone through hours and hours of investigation, video footage, electronic data, just trying to find a specific direction to go in towards. Nothing has narrowed that down. So everything, as the sheriff has said, is still on the table. Also in the month of April, District Attorney General Dan Armstrong said, quote, it's a case that has implications for the legal system and the law, but you couldn't classify it right now. There are no criminal charges that have been filed. After Summer's birthday passed again this year in February, News Channel 11 contacted the TBI for a statement about the case. The News Channel received this reply, quote, The investigation into the circumstances surrounding the disappearance of Summer Wells remains active and ongoing. TBI agents continue to work with the FBI and the Hawkins County Sheriff's Office to pursue all potential leads. Anyone with credible firsthand information regarding Summer's disappearance is asked to call one 800 TBI find. And that statement was emailed to WJHL from Leslie Earhart. On February 2nd of this year, News Channel 11 released their interview with Don Wells. This interview would be the first time that he spoke publicly after serving his jail time for his DUI, his VOP, which is a violation of probation, along with a couple of other charges. He served, I think he was sentenced to serve 11 months and like 29 days, so basically a year but he only served like eight or nine months and then he got out. He spoke of his jail time a little bit in the interview and how difficult it was for him, as well as talking about the DCS case with his sons, what he could say. About the DCS case, Don said, quote, we really want our boys back home. If, you know, if Summer was to be found today, we wouldn't be able to see or talk to her and we can't talk to our boys. Don stated that he and his wife Candace were fighting DCS to regain custody of their sons and said, Quote, DCS is doing nothing to help us. In fact, they're making us jump through all kinds of hoops, which is almost impossible to jump through all of them and hold a job and do all of these things and making it real, real tough on us. Don began to talk about his daughter toward the end of the interview and about her upcoming seventh birthday. He said, I don't really want to celebrate her birthday without her. She was definitely going to be tall, probably as tall as me. I'd say because she was growing so fast. I'm sure she would be the same person and she didn't have any qualms about taking on her brothers. That's for sure. She didn't hesitate to put them in their place real quick. And after like watching videos of her and stuff and seeing the pictures, I mean, mm -hmm. she's one girl in a house full of brothers. I mean, you know, she had. To oh, yeah, I'm sure. Gave those she boys, could hold her own. She gave those boys yeah. around for their money. Another two-day search was held in Beach Creek this year in mid-February for summer. No clues or evidence were found relating to her disappearance. There are many theories out there about what happened to five-year-old Summer. So I'm going to kind of just tell a couple of the theories. So like I said earlier, people have theorized that her parents murdered her and she's in buried in the mountains somewhere. People have said maybe that her mother sold her for drugs. Isn't the theory like since Dr. Phil that she sold her to the cornbread, like yes, to the cornbread yeah. mafia or yeah. Um, and that's why Candace got so upset. At, right. Yeah. A lot of people have said that at the, when she was on the Dr. Phil interview right, at that, the mention of the cornbread mafia. Yeah. That's why she got so upset. Um, people have said that, you know, someone just came and took her, a stranger came and took her. People have said that it was a sex trafficking ring that just came and took her, which I will say, although I'll share this as like my only really personal belief. I don't think that this had anything to do with a sex trafficking ring. They kidnap people on opportunity here in the mountains. Okay. When when they say like, they mean like what happens to people when they're in a parking lot at Walmart. Like 
someone just drove by and saw her and just well, took her. Right. So human trafficking happens in all sort of different situations. You can be put in human tra- in sex trafficking, human trafficking in many different ways. It can be a relationship you're in, you know. Mm. It can be you can be just taken. You can be, you know, conned into it. That sort of thing. Now, and that's not even all the ways, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I agree with you. We will try to post an aerial shot of their house. Because mm-hmm. I don't think people understand how secluded it is. Right. Nobody and, just and, drove by and saw her. Right. Well, and my thing is, too, like, it's just very risky in my mind to do that if you don't know the area very well. Mm-hmm. You're not, like, usually they, like, you know... Human trafficking happens when it's really close to a highway. So they can get up on the highway and, you know, you're less likely to find that person. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, we're, you know, I'm not, we say we're not going <laughs> to tell our opinions, but so just statistically, it's usually someone you know. Mm-hmm. And just where they live and the terrain, I mean, if, if police are having a hard time in that terrain, it just m- makes sense to me that it would be someone that is familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. And if it you is, cannot. if it is human trafficking, then it is someone who, who lives around here and knows how to get to the highway quick. Mm-hmm. That That's it. Like, I, that's where my brain goes. Yeah, because so. you, you, depending on which way you go from Beach Creek and that part of the mountains, you can go in one direction and you can get out to Stone Drive and you can go the other, the other direction and you can go through Sullivan Gardens and hit the interstate. So you can hit a highway or you can hit an interstate depending on which direction you go. But you don't just go in these mountains if you don't know your way around these mountains. You're going to get lost quick. You'll get lost real quick. Um, And it's not like you can turn on your GPS when you're in there because no signal. Exactly. Whatsoever. So you can't just turn on your GPS to get out. So if someone like just drove up and took her and they didn't know the area, they could not have gotten out as quickly as they did. Mm -hmm. And didn't on that Dr. Phil interview, there was the theory that if that red truck or whatever car, right, wasn't necessarily like just pulled up out back. Right, because that's the summer, thing. summer was downstairs playing, right? And there's a door that goes straight mm-hmm. out back, right? The theory is like she went out that back door. And someone was there. Someone was that there is, that to is grab her, her father, or, Don has said. Or they came in through the door and got her. Right. And, and the boys just had the TV up too loud and didn't hear it, right. blah, blah. So, and that the getaway car was down on Ben Hill Road. Yeah, it was like down. Which is how you get off of Beach Creek. You turn off of Beach Creek, go onto Ben Hill, and then that's their driveway is a big, like, it's a big circle around, like, their house and the grandmother's camper. And then it goes, it has, like, a little tail that, like, curves around, like, through the woods and goes onto Ben Hill Road. Yeah. Which then takes you out to Beach Creek and so on and so forth throughout the mountain. But, yeah, I mean, her father has said, and I believe it was on the Dr. Phil episode with him, that he thinks that somebody, like you said, was either waiting outside or they, like, knew that she had gone downstairs and they went in the basement to where the playroom was and, like, took her from in there. But like you said, they do not think, Dawn has said that he does not think that they had a vehicle in their driveway because, first of all, it's gravel. Like, you would, you would hear that. that. You would yeah. heard that. Second of all, they found out that there was, like a like, a little bit of, like, a padded down walking trail in the grass from that part of their house down to Ben Hill Road. So you could have very easily had a car parked down there 
walked, grabbed her, walked her or ran down through that part of the woods and then got in, in a car and been gone mm-hmm. before anybody realized what had happened. Was there any reports about dogs? Did they have dogs? They had the dogs and that is what the dogs did. They, I don't know if they directly took that like padded down path, but they did go down from the basement door to, and they followed a scent down to Ben Hill Road through that part of the woods. They did not go down the driveway and around that way like a vehicle would. They went through those woods and stopped at Ben Hill Road. And that's where the scent disappeared. That's where the scent was gone. See? Yeah. So the good one. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's a high likelihood and it would be, if you were somebody that knew your way around right there, that would be very easy for you to do. Because you know you can hit one or two sides of the mountain and you can hit an interstate or you can hit a highway. But you have to know it very well. Right. Candace said in in multiple interviews that she never saw anybody drive by, you know, nothing weird that she had not seen before, like someone that she didn't know driving by or anything. Like she didn't notice anything that was out of the norm for the community that day. And and what goes around, it's just a roundabout around their house. Like nobody's, it can drive up. That's the thing. No, you like, would have had to pass Candace and her mother Candy. Yeah. Like one of them would have seen you mm-hmm. if you would have driven around. I mean, you literally would just circle their house. Like you, you would have been seen. And like I said, we're going to try to put that aerial shot. Yeah. I think Dr. Phil's, it's had, on it's on the Dr. Phil show. They yeah, do have it they on do the Dr. Have Phil that. show. So we'll and Don to... like explains how it works like I did, like with yeah. you know. But yeah, it's on there. This kind of brings us to the end. Despite having thousands, and they have had thousands of tips and calls and multiple searches, aerial and on foot, Summer is still missing today. When Summer Wells went missing, she was five years old. She had blonde hair, very bright blue eyes. They literally look like the ocean. She was three feet tall when she went missing and around 40 pounds. If you know anything, if you saw anything, if you've heard someone say something, please, please call 1-800-TBI-FIND. And you can also email tips about the case to tips2tbi at tn.gov. So that brings us to the end. At Mm -hmm. any point when there are like major updates in this We'll throw them in at the beginning of an episode or at the end of an episode or something just to keep you all updated. Yeah, we may even do like a little mini episode or something. Yeah. Um, This case, I remember like when we started this podcast, it was one, it was of, one of the first ones cases we were like, we, we have like, to do this. We have to do it. It's just, it wouldn't be right if we didn't. Right. Like I said, everyone has their opinions on this case, but at the end of the day, our goal is the same for this little girl to be found. Mm-hmm. We all have to do our due diligence in that. And this is part of us doing that. Doing that. Yeah. So getting her story out there. Mm-hmm. Um, because somebody knows something. Somebody knows something. Somebody knows something. Like, and, you know, people don't just disappear into thin air. It's shocking to me how little. And I say this and police always have more usually than what they're giving us. Right. They They hold a lot to their chest, you know. But it's still shocking to me how little we have. It blows my mind. Yeah. But I mean, if it was just a snatch and grab scenario, I mean. Footprints. Like, I wonder, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. But I mean, it was midsummer. That's true. I don't, you know, I don't remember. It's been almost two years now. I don't remember, like, if it had rained any time recently. It could all just be, like, shrubbery. Yeah. And 
weeds and stuff in there. Like, I mean, there could have been, like, no dirt or mud to have a footprint left, you know? It just blows my mind. I mean, the best we have is is that scent trail that dogs followed mm-hmm. within those first few days, and then it just stops. Yeah. I just hope, like, the rest of the community around here and anybody... I mean, this did make national news for a little while. Mm-hmm. There are still national news channels that do do like website updates just kind of like bringing this up which Mm we all and i know that like her parents appreciate and stuff and everybody in the community around here appreciates that it it does still receive national attention sometimes because it should because this is a child it should Mm -hmm. i just hope that she's found and that if you know something say something and you can report anonymously you don't Mm -hmm. you don't have to say your name i mean if you're afraid you'll get in trouble for something you can leave tips without telling any of your personal information so just do that if you know something just say it you know she would now be seven years old but she's a baby Mm -hmm. yep heartbreaking i just i think the biggest hope anybody can have is that she's found safe and that she's found alive and Mm -hmm. you know it's nothing that therapy and love from her family and her community couldn't fix yeah over time and that that's just my hope for her and her and for her family well thank you it is very important. The very, tell very important case. Yes. yes. We will post all the pictures that we have, links, who you can call, mm-hmm. the numbers for tips. I'm going to post the Amber Alert with all the information on there yes. with her picture. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday. We will. Thanks, guys. Thanks. We'd like to thank Mikey Kinley for audio and editing and our friend Avalyn Yulaberry for our cover art make sure to like and follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram our Instagram is m3podcast and you can find us on Facebook under the name of our podcast which is murder mayhem and merlot (laughs) 